Okay. Welcome to Netflix's original Drive to Survive companion podcast, the Formula One docu-series. This is the companion podcast to watch along with the series. We uh, let you know everything that's going on, not in Formula One, but in the series. So um, do we really keep you up to date on who's winning the races? When it relates to beef between the drivers, if it was a normal win and, you know, didn't really break up a friendship, then it's not really going to be talked about on this podcast. Um, Last episode I watched, talking talking about Mick Schumacher, the son of Michael Schumacher. His name is just kind of a shorter version of his father's name from Michael to Mick. And he might not have what it takes in Formula One. He might not have what it takes to stay in Formula One. I would know the answer of whether or not he is still in Formula One if I actually kept up with Formula One, but I don't. I keep up with Drive to Survive, so I'm about a year late. But I'll tell you what, things are not looking good for Mick, and I, I'm i the one to tell him. I'm the guy that's probably older than him, who's done nothing with his life of any substantial measure, and I am the one to tell him that he might just not have the killer instinct, because that's what I do. I sit... And I watch this docu-series on Formula One, and I, I lay in my bed. I'm not even watching a TV. I'm watching a laptop. I don't even have a television. I'm watching a laptop, and I'm saying, Mick Schumacher is not his father. As I eat in bed, I say, he doesn't have what it takes. He's not going to be a winner. Max Verstappen is the Mick Schumacher of his generation. The Michael of his generation, the father of his generation, the his father of his generation is not him. Um, which seems tough. This is a real brutal sport, but yeah, this one guy, Mick Schumacher, he's the son of Michael Schumacher, who is um, like the greatest Formula One driver to have ever raced. Um, he's a great driver, and his son is just not. He keeps either going too slow or crashing the car, which. Seems like what I would do in Formula One. I think I would either be going too slow, or I would crash the car, or while I'm going too slow, I would crash the car. But that's his issue, and he's in Formula One, which I feel like those are issues that you should... I don't know. It's like your problem should be different if you're that good. You know what I mean? Like, I don't know, like Max Verstappen's like he's had issues with just sort of being too wild on the track, like being too competitive, getting into dirty races and shit like that. You know, not dirty of really cheating necessarily, but not not, you know what I mean? Like kind of pushing people out. like that's his problem. That's like a winner's problem. Mick is just in the car and they're like, can you go faster? And he's like, I'm going as fast as I can, which is like I feel like the one people you can't say that to is the pit crew. Because those cars are just fucking driving computers. Like, they have all of the tire pressures and every... Like, they know that there's an engine problem before the driver does. Because of all the sensors and shit in that car. So it is weird when they're like, can you go faster? And he's like, I can't go any faster. I feel like they're like, we know you can. Kevin Magnuson, your your teammate, is currently going faster in the same car. So it would seem to us that you could go faster and should go faster. And he's like, no, 
no, I can't. I mean, that's just tough, you know, because it's like, I don't know, trying to be as good as your dad in Formula One is tough because people kill themselves just trying to be the best. But if you're like trying to be your father, that just sounds like a recipe for a guy to crash his fucking car. You know what I mean? Because his dad was like a real dog. You know what I mean? He was he was a little dirty too sometimes. You know, just just but it was just uh, what happens when you're competing that hard. Is sometimes he would do shit and people be like, "What the fuck was that?" And he'd be like, "I wanted to win," you know. So it's like his dad had those problems, but he does not have those problems. Mick placed eighth, and that was like the climax of the episode that was centered on him. Was him scoring points. That was it. But every other race before that was like, "Fuck, he crashed the car," or "Fuck, he just won't go faster." It's such a weird sport because it's, I mean, it's like they do have to be small, usually. They got to be skinny guys and they got to have quick reflexes and they got to have muscles that are fine with being shooken and having to control an F1 car for like two hours straight while going fast. Like it's like, it's like they're going on the most intense, repetitive road trip. For hours. So you need to, you know, because sometimes when you're driving, you have like a, ugh, like you got to just move your back. And it's like, they can't even really do that. Like every second, they're just going so fucking fast. So they have to think about every next second. And they can't just like kind of take a second, kind of adjust their ass, I feel like. I would assume, you know. So, yeah, I don't know. You try, but really, it's mostly like a mental thing. Like after all that's done, what it takes is somebody who has the kind of brain that is brave enough but smart enough to to do wild shit, get away with it, and, you know, win that way. Um, so it is weird when the pit crew's like, go faster, and the guy's like, I can't. It's like, well, then this is maybe that's where you lack, you know, which kind of sucks because it's like there's only 20 Formula One drivers in the world, and a lot of bad drivers get in, you know, a couple. There used to be Nikita Mazepin. He was the son of a Russian oligarch. He raced for the same team that Mick Schumacher races for. And he crashed probably more cars than Mick's crashing. That guy was crashing every single race. He was only on the team because his dad owned the team. Really, that was the reason. And then he no longer raced after Russia invaded Ukraine, which was interesting. Um, but a good way to get him out because he was a bad guy. Uh, there was allegations of sexual assault. So he was like terrible on and off the track. He was just a guy that really didn't deserve anything, but had so much because his son, his dad is a Russian oligarch. So the guy has so much fucking money. It's like, can stop coming into a sport that people care about and crashing the fucking car. You asshole. You know what I mean? He was a prick. I don't think anybody liked him. Um, but the point being, there are people that slip through the cracks, you know, with, with money usually is how they get in. But you still have to race enough to get in, so it's kind of, you know, you have to earn it somehow. But he, if his dad wasn't the owner, he wouldn't be racing in F1. And that's the reason he's, no other team picked him up, because that's why he's not still racing in F1. And the thing with Mick is, like, he still had, he's been racing his whole life, you know, he still had to climb through the ranks. But at the end of the day, I feel like F1 is like, yeah, we would give up one of those 20 spaces so the son of the greatest driver ever can race. That kind of makes sense. You know what I mean? But that being said, it's like 
a lot of these guys driving are the sons of F1 drivers because it's such an expensive sport to get into. And like Max Verstappen, the the lead, I don't know if he won this year, to be honest, the year that I'm watching, 2022. I don't know if he won, but he's like kind of a champ. You know, he was a champ the year before. His dad would race against Michael Schumacher. So like he was like a dude in F1. He wasn't that great, I don't think. But now his son is like beating the fuck out of Schumacher's son. So it's kind of the way things have turned around. Um, I don't know. Is any of this interesting? Does anybody give a shit? It is just weird because there's only 20 of them. So they're got to be mean. You know what I mean? They got to be dicks. They got to be fine being treated like dicks. Like it's a very intense sport. And this boy Mick, is he is a sweet boy. Like he... He he got eighth, and that was a big deal for him. And then he was like, "Fuck yeah!" And then he apologized. He apologized for cussing, and it's just like, "Ugh, dude." He just fucking sound like a winner for three seconds. You know what I mean? Like just for fucking five seconds, can you sound like a winner? I know you didn't win this race, but can you act like it? Can you fucking act like it? It was funny though because uh, this guy the. The kind of the new champ, Max Verstappen, grew up with this guy, Mick Schumacher, because once again, both their dads were in F1. So they grew up together. One, the son of the champ. One, the son of a guy that was just kind of whatever. And they grew up together, and then now Verstappen is is kicking people's asses. The son of the so-so F1 driver is, is now the champ. And uh, in the race where Mick came in eighth, he came up on Max Verstappen because Max Verstappen was having a bad race. I think his car had an issue or some shit. And then he went to pass him and could not pass him. And it was a wild thing of like him being like, I'm going to pass you now. And then his friend just being like, nah, I'm still so much better at this than you. And I'm just going to like edge you out on every corner. And it was, I mean, you can see it. It's like a dog fight. And like, it seems like the guy's, that win an F1 or they're just the guys that are willing to be like, I'll just fucking turn a little bit in and then your car's going to go wherever the fuck your car's going to go, but there's not going to be room for it on the track. You know what I mean? It's like, that's crazy. Mick is such a sweet guy. You know, that guy Max is, is, seems like kind of a cunt. But in the way that a winner would be a cunt, his whole thing is I'm a winner. So it's just, I don't know, it is interesting where, you know, people's success can kind of justify their personalities. Because if that guy wasn't an F1, you'd be like, this guy sucks. Like, this guy fucking blows. He's so goddamn cocky, you know what I mean? But since it's this guy's job to get in a supercharged car and go as fast as he can and almost kill himself every week just to win a trophy, it kind of requires a bit of dickishness. And there's something about the F1 that's just very... um you know, cocky, you know, there's just something about the F1, because there's only 20, and they're in the cool, weird cars, and it's European, you know, it's a very European thing, and so, like, the, the level to which they are hot and cool guys is, like, so cliche, it's aggressive, you know what I mean, it's like, like, to be an F1 driver is just so, like, so just walking into some kind of James Bond bar and being like, what do you do? It's like, I race for Ferrari. You know, like, you're fucking, you know what I mean? Like, all these guys, they're just, because of what their job is, they're, like, the coolest guys ever, you know? So they have that attitude of a guy 
that drives around in a fucking spaceship. You know what I mean? Like, that does shit. I don't know. Like, if you do a job, if your job is, like, what a five-year-old wants, your appeal, not only sexually, but just as a guy, is so high that there's no way that you're really that cool to be around because you don't have to do anything because you what you do, you do so well and it's so hard and it's so exclusive, you know? So if you're an F1 driver or a fucking astronaut, you know, like nobody can say shit to you. And however you act, people just go, I guess that's how fucking F1 drivers act, you know? And they're like, they can't, even if you're a dick, they're like, well, he's a little cocky, you know what I mean? Everything is just justified by that success, you know? And that happens with all kinds of success. Like, if I was a famous comic, I could just act weird. But then I'm sure a lot of people would be like, well, that's that's how he acts. He's successful. So that's how he acts, you know what I mean? That is just, that's just how it is. That's just what it's like. But I don't know, these guys, they're just... I couldn't imagine that life, because they're like my age and younger. And they just go around Europe and the Middle East and a couple parts of America and just race fast cars. And they're like all, like the portion of them who are good looking is substantial. Like it's weird. I don't know why. They're not like the hottest guys ever, but there's some good looking fellas in there. And I don't know why, but the bone structure in F1 is just un. Beatable. I mean, Jesus Christ, these guys, the cheeks on Lando Norris, Carlos Sainz got real intense cheeks, you know, Charles Leclerc, that soft yet still defined French face, Daniel Ricciardo, boyish, good, a little older now, but still the boyish, happy guy, good looks, and then Mick Schumacher, just a, just uh just a fucking Ken doll, just Fred, just Aryan as hell, to be honest. Like, Aryan as hell. Like, the Nazis would love this guy. Which is not saying that's what makes him good looking, but I'd be lying if that's not the type of look that he has. You know, that's, that's like, he could, he has a kind of face where you're like, you're either innocent and wonderful or so evil. And as far as I can tell, he's innocent and wonderful. He's just, uh, you know, a rich kid who got to do racing and he's, he's doing his best. But I don't know if it's enough. But, I mean, just the the pussy these guys must be getting must be insane, you know. You walk out of a race car? That's the best car. It's the whole trope of, like, oh, a guy walks out in a Bentley and, you know, people see him and they're like, I want to fuck that guy. This guy gets out of a race car and they film it and they put it on TV so everybody can see him get out of the race car. And they go, what'd you do in that race car? And he goes, I just won the race. And they go, damn, not only were you in a race car, but you were the best some of these guys, if you race for a Ferrari or you race for a McLaren or you race for, like, a car company, you get a free fucking car. That's sick. So now you're 20 years old. You're getting paid millions of dollars. You have, like, a $500,000 sports car you didn't even buy. They just gave it to you. And you got, what are you even spending your money on? You know what I mean? You don't have anything yet. You just got all this expendable income. Just driving around the world. Hopping out of cars. Getting puss. And there are women out there. They're fans of F1. And I don't know. I, I, I have a lot of respect to all, all the women that sit in the stands and they go, one day I'll marry one of those men. 
and I will I will be such a such a sick kind of athlete wife to be. What a good if you're gonna be a dude athlete's wife, F one is such a good option. You get to go to Monaco. Maybe if you get to come watch you know, you get to go fucking Monaco and Baku, you know, whatever. You get to go so many cool fucking places. Like if you're you know, that's like a real trophy wife situation. Like, we're dining in London, then flying to Paris for dessert, you know, or whatever. Like, that's like real high class. Marrying really into wealth, you know what I mean? Um, and I'm talking about the people that are... I'm not even calling them bad. I'm just talking about the people that specifically want to marry one of those guys. I have so much respect for them because it's such a good decision to make. Above all, I mean, soccer player... Ronaldo's wife, you're getting, that's a great gig. You know what I mean? A lot of soccer players. Somehow, for some reason, the European trophy wife just seems like a better life. Because if you're, you know, even if you're like Giselle, you're your own person. Tom Brady's, well, ex-wife now. Whatever. But let's just say, if you're like any NFL player's wife, even the most famous, it's like, you could still have to live in Buffalo. You know what I mean? Like, that sucks. With the F1, it's like they just race at a new place every week, so wherever you live on Earth doesn't really matter because you can just fly anywhere. So it's like, oh, yeah, we live in, you know, Milan, and then we go racing around the world, and then we come back and we live in Milan. But with, like, the NFL family, it's like, yeah, we're in New England just all year, pretty much, just all year. Because even when the season's not happening, we're still training, and we're training in New England or Arizona. I don't know where they, whatever. But you're just, like, you're not seeing the world. That's a national league, you know? I mean, they do that one game in London. You get to go to London, I guess. Or, like, they do a game in Mexico. I think, you know, a couple. But, like, you want the F1, husband. That's what you want, you know? Because those guys, they're just... There's just these little European twinks, and they're like, I like to go fast, you know? And they're they're like dumb sports guys, but they're European, so they're like, they act like they're right. You know what I mean? Because, like, dumb sports guys in America, they're like, I just want to hit somebody, you know? And they're not really trying to qualify their way of thinking, you know? But then F1 guys are like, I'm a jock who likes to get fucked up and fuck people, but I, uh, I'm also smart because the car is very high tech, you know. So it's like they're all kind of they're all kind of snooty, you know what I mean? They're like elitist athletes, you know. All the pros are elite at, but these are elitist athletes, you know what I mean? Even like I'm sure like they look at other sports like, oh, soccer is so dumb. You just kick the ball, and F1 you have to have quick reflexes like a cat, you know, like. They seem a little up their own ass. And the guys that are not really up their own ass, everybody who in that is, like, normal is uh, just bad at racing. They're just not that good at it. It's only the guys that are fucking maniacs. But all the guys that, like, start to have families and love them and stuff, like, they just suck. They're always the second man on the team. They're like, you know, I just want to have a good time and just uh, race the best that I can. And it's like, that guy's coming in 15th. Like, that guy's not doing shit. So he's the fucking one weird Max Verstappen kind of rat-faced fuck kind of guy. It's like, I want to win more than anybody. More than I want anything in the world. You know? 
you can tell he just has, and he has a girlfriend that is way out of his league. And you can just tell that he's, you know, just every time he's talking to his girlfriend, he's like, winning is all I care about. And she's just like, uh-huh, yeah, no. Listening to him just being like, I feel like I really am in the backseat of this guy's life. You know what I mean? Like, this it must be terrible to be married to uh, to an athlete, you know? And it's kind of the same in, like, comedy or music where maybe somebody has a main passion that's a little off the beaten path that it's like, yeah, that kind of consumes his life, you know? It's tough to be a good partner. But when you're, like, an athlete, like, when your thing is, like, winning, that's very clearly all you want is to win. That's tough for your partner to just have to listen to all day, you know? Because... His girlfriend's probably just a normal person, you know what I mean? That's like, yeah, you know, I hung out with uh, Cecily today. That was nice, you know. I do smoke the cigarette, you know. And he's like, what did you do? And he's like, I watched footage of my enemy to find out his moves so I could win. And then you just got to be like, totes. Totally, you know what I mean? I mean, I, I respect those people that are able to kind of accept that and I don't think it's necessarily good, but it just seems to always happen, just to kind of accept that the life of their partner is more important than their life, almost. Like, if, like, in their relationship, out of the two, who's a more important person? Even they would be like, him, because he's in, he's in F1. So he's doing, like, kind of big stuff. You know what I mean? Like, there's only 20 guys. He's winning championships. This is, like, millions of dollars involved with this. This is a big deal. I'm, you know, I... I like lattes, you know what I mean? Like, they just got to accept that. But I feel like they have a kind of knowledge that the F1 guys don't have, which is like, well, I'm enjoying in life. I'm enjoying life. I don't have to win. You're crazy because you go out every day and you're like, I'm going to be a winner, and then if you don't, you want to die. Like, that sucks. That's not like a life that I want to live, you know what I mean? Which I think is a weird thing with comedy where you want to not have that kind of edge to you but you also need to have something that makes you want to keep doing it but luckily with stand-up you can just kind of love it a lot and if you do it long enough you know maybe you you get lucky putting yourself in the right places and you get to show your skill and somebody appreciates it you know that's like nice yeah but in f1 you like gotta win you know and that just Seems exhausting. Do you know how much it sucks to worry about winning? I do not like entering that kind of shit into my life because I don't really have a life that needs it. I don't really need to necessarily have a competitive edge. Like, I look at other comics, I can see what they're doing and try and do the same stuff if they find success. Try and find my own success, you know what I mean? But there's no winning. You just maybe are able to carve out a life for yourself in this, and that's great. But I don't have to beat anybody else to get here. Not really. There's no beating. Maybe it's me and a guy that's similar to me, and we're up for the same thing. And, you know, then then it's kind of like winning. But at that point, it's like, that's a judge decide. You know, that's somebody... It's a casting director, that's some booker, that's somebody who can't have two of a similar thing, and that's why you got to be different, whatever. But just week in and week out to have definitive win or lose? How, how do you justify that? I'm Mick Schumacher. I'm the 20th best driver in a league of 20. Like, that sucks. That's like your job description. 
oh, you're an F1? Cool. And then if you talk about F1 for more than 10 minutes, the other person's going to be like, oh, so you, like, lose a lot? Damn. And the cockiness of regular people to be like, oh, so you're a fucking loser? And it sucks because you put yourself in a position to lose, so now you kind of have to reap what you sow, you know what I mean? That, like, guys like me can judge you. That seems so unfair. Like, I'm watching it, and I'm thinking, like, Nick just doesn't have that killer instinct. And I'm like, Cooper, you don't have any instincts. You don't have even just normal social how-to-be-nice-to-people instincts. You don't have any kind of instinct whatsoever. You are instinctless. You are so fucking dumb. The gall of you to tell Mick Schumacher that he doesn't have what it takes. Of course he has what it takes. It's in his blood. It's in his goddamn bones. That's me as the F1 announcer. Mick has what it takes. It's in his goddamn bones. They say, can you please talk about the other drivers? And I go, let's talk more about Mick Schumacher. Because he's got what it takes, motherfucker. I don't know. Uh, I went to NASCAR yesterday. Very funny. I spent so much time on uh, F1, I didn't even see it. I went to actual NASCAR yesterday. And I'd gone, I talked about this in another episode, I went to the, I went to another NASCAR event at the Coliseum, which was kind of more fun. It was a smaller track at the Coliseum. It was like the size of a, a normal, like a football field. So it was way smaller than usual, and that was interesting. But then we went to the fucking Pomona Speedway. Um, that shit was wild. Because they get up to like 190 there. So that's like real NASCAR where they're really fucking slamming on the on the, on the the pedal, baby. And I didn't like it. Um, I don't know why. And I'm kind of reflecting on that day. And I just didn't fully understand. But for a portion of it, I was furious. And I don't know why. I think it's because I drank and I had to pee so much. And every time I went to the bathroom, there's a fucking line to piss. And... I couldn't really tell who was in first because it's like, especially as the race goes on, it's not like they're all just in one line. Like, they spread out across the track. So, really, there's kind of cars passing with gaps in between all the time. And so, you get to a point where you're like, I don't really know who's leading this because the leader is definitely behind the last guy, not far from him. You know what I mean? And then eventually lapping him, and then that gets even more confusing. Um, So, I was, like, not into it. And I don't know why. I just went to the bathroom and... Last time I was at NASCAR, I got so drunk that not out of anger, but just out of I'm too drunk, I just left randomly. And then this time I was at the bathrooms and I was like, I might leave again. I fucking hate this. I might just leave again. And like, I know you're listening to this being like, when is he going to explain why he's mad? I don't know. I was just angry. And I think it's just because it was, it was a lot more boring than I expected. It's like, it's like a lot. Like it was cold outside. It luckily didn't rain, but it was cold outside. And... You know, they're going around the track, and it's crazy to see cars go that fast. But once you see them go around a couple times, you're like, how many laps do they do? And they're like, 200. And you're like, I really got my fill at five, to be honest. And I don't really care who wins. So the rest of this race is kind of moot to me, you know? So I was at the bathroom, and I was waiting. I saw my friend Killian, and I was like, man, I'm so fucking mad. And he was like, why? It was one of those things where I knew I was wrong already, but then when you hear your friend's reaction where he was just like, what? what's going on? He's like, just, you gotta let go. And I was like, I don't know, dude. I just can't let go. And I think I've been trying to, I don't know, maybe there's this weird, like, 
I'm like a California middle class kid. Like I'm not acquainted with NASCAR culture. And I think kids like me kind of get into it ironically. Or to be like, this is what other people in the country like. What's that like? You know what I mean? Like, am I cool? Am I actually a California elitist? And I just found out I am a little bit. Yeah. Yeah, definitely. Just being at that race, I was like, these are not my folk. These are not my people. These are different, different whites. I like lunch in Malibu. That's what I like. I like a fish taco or a clam chowder. Some nice buttered bread to dip. I like that. I like that. I don't really like NASCAR. It's really not where my comfortability lies. And I I think it's interesting because it's such an easy formula for having fun. You know, it's like, ah, you go there, get some beer, and you just watch these guys just drive so fast. And I was just like, you know, uh, no, I can't connect. You know what I mean? I just can't connect. And I'm trying not to say I'm not dumb enough to like it, but that's exactly how I feel. Is I was just walking around, I was like, I'm not fucking stupid enough to really be that into cars going fast. There's a certain extent to where you got to just be kind of like, uh-huh, 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 uh-huh. Like, you're dumb. If that's, like, truly so interesting to you. Which is weird because I feel so differently about F1. I think that's the way F1 drivers feel. And I think it's the circular thing that's a little, you know, it starts to feel dumb because you're like, well, you're just going in a circle. Now, that being said, NASCAR is hard as fuck. It's not just a circle. You know, it's there's different corners. It's not always a clean oval. And also, you're dealing with wind. The reason they're in a line is just to keep that drafting going. So trying to exit that draft and maybe get around the guy. And there's a lot of strategy going on. It just happens to all kind of be happening in a circle, in a line. So it can... I don't know. I don't know if I'm too dumb to like it or I'm too smart to like it. I think the answer is intelligence has nothing to do with it. You just like it or you don't. And I don't think I do. It was nice to try. And I think I got mad because the first time I went... I wasn't that interested in the NASCAR, if I'm being honest. I was I was remembering I was not that interested in it. You, it's very cool to see in person. But then once you see it, the, what actually keeps your interest, like the game itself, the race itself, is not it. Like football is sick, you know? It's just two teams, different colors. You always know who's doing shit, and they're doing something different every play. With this, it's like people are doing something different, but it's all continuous. They're like, all right, I'm going to try and get around him. I didn't get around him. I'm going to try again next time. And it's like, come, that's, come on. Just do like 10 laps. Fuck it. You know what I mean? But, um, yeah, I was being very elitist. I was walking around. I was like, these dumb motherfuckers are pissing me off. And I went, waited in line for like 10 minutes to get a hot dog. And she was like, our card reader's fucked up. So you have to put in all of your numbers, all your information in. So I type everything in. Then it asks for my zip code. And like, I don't know. I put in the zip code at my house. Didn't work. I put in the zip code at my mom's house. That didn't work. And I was just like, well, I don't know then. This is just for a fucking debit card. Like, this is not a big operation. So it just declines. And I just, instead of going like, oh, it declined, I just go, fuck. And then I just walk away from them. Go out wait in line to go get a burger and fries, ask for fries. He goes, we don't have regular fries anymore, but we do have the brick, which is where they take a bunch of fucking curly fries, put it in the frying basket, and then just fry the whole thing, and then it conforms to the shape of the basket, so you just get like a kilo. You get a brick of curly flies, fries. 
It was not really what I was going for. You get a burger. Got a burger. Was putting condiments on it. Top bun. Fell off. Angrily ate half of an open face burger till I folded it over almost like pizza and just had a bad double cheeseburger. Ate a couple bites of that. Just pissed. Just when your bun falls and you're already pissed, like you're not even alive at that point. And um, eventually I chilled out. I just went back to my seat and just tried to drink more and put more nicotine in my body. And I leaved not, I left not angry. So that was good. But I was so tired. I don't know. There's something that kind of just makes you feel, especially my friend carpooled and we were in Pomona, which is like an hour away from LA. So like, I just felt trapped in just a stadium of loudness. That's when I start to feel like an autistic three-year-old where I'm just like, I'm overstimulated. This is too much noise, too many people. And maybe that's why I was mad, honestly. I think it was just a lot of noise. And what was making the noise, the race, was no longer really interesting to me. So I was just like, man, it's just fucking loud. I got to pee so goddamn much. There's a line every single time. And it was just such a weird feeling because I'm like, damn, now I'm missing the race. But then I'd also be like, I don't give a fuck about the race. Who gives a fuck? about the race, you know? So I think I was just pissed too, because yeah, it's like the first time I went, I was trying a new thing. And the second time I went, it was a very different race. It was a bigger track, but at the end of the day, it was still just NASCAR again. And I was just once again like, ah, ah, who cares? You know what I mean? I was like, fuck. And I, maybe that was me kind of fully realizing that I just don't like NASCAR. And I was doing it at NASCAR. And my friend was like, I think you're expecting too much. It's just guys going 190 miles per hour. And I was like, you're right, you know. I wasn't trying to ruin it for other people. But I get a little loud when I get pissed. So I was like, this fucking sucks, you know. Which isn't cool because a lot of people there really, they like it, you know. And I don't think anybody I didn't know heard me. But yeah, so I was unhappy. I came out all right. We went to get Chinese food in like Gardena or someplace at a restaurant that my friend was so excited about. And it was just, I don't know, just like boring as fuck. It was not interesting. I mean, it it was also, I don't know, it was weird. I don't know if it was just my palate was not good enough for this food, you know, but it was a lot of like, we got like a cold, like a cooked rabbit dish, but it was served cold. I don't know why. So it was just eating cold rabbit with spine bones in it. And my friend is a big like foodie, so this was like a particular place he took us to, with particular orders that he got. I want to be like, hey man, can we get like a white dish? Can we get like just something that's just chicken in a sauce? Because this is, like, not working for me. We got a fish soup, which was fine. That's the thing. is like, some of this stuff that's, like, not the basic stuff is still just a boring flavor. Like, it was fish soup that was just, just tasted like water with fish, and it was also spicy, and it had roots in it. And I was like, this tastes healthy. I don't know. Eating garlic lettuce. I ate just a lot of lettuce. I was like, this is something I can scarf, and I need that. But it was not, you know... Then you got just some kind of dryish noodles that were that were okay. But the whole meal, I was just like, can we just get something fun? Can we get what is essentially chicken nuggets? I know this is kind of a 
more authentic Chinese restaurant, but I know they have something for me. And I'm not like a caged up eater. I, I do try new stuff, but I was in the mood where I was like, ah, this is an entire meal of things I haven't eaten. I've had things similar, of course. I've obviously had the type of noodles they brought. Was you know I've had stuff like it. It wasn't all new. But there was a part of me that was just like, ah, can we just get something kind of boring? You know what I mean? I spent all day getting fucking drunk at NASCAR. Can I please just have something stupid? Been eating stupid all day. Now I'm eating like authentic Chinese cuisine. And the food is better than me. You know what I mean? I was in the moment where I was like, this food is above me. Somebody took a lot of time and care into making this soup and this rabbit dish that was full of bones. And I'm not I'm not appreciating it enough right now because I really just want to eat, you know. And as a white dude, it's not just regular food that you're used to, you know. Which I guess would be the same as a, you know, Chinese guy finishing watching a game and then going home being like, I just want some fucking regular food that I understand. And then they're like, would you like Buffalo Wild Wings? You know, that's not even a beef Wellington would kind of be like, come on, you know, come, come on. Might not be into that. And that's how I felt. I was so sleepy. I don't know. I was so fucking sleepy. But I'm glad to not be doing that anymore. And yeah, unfortunately, I don't think I will return to NASCAR. But uh, Kyle Busch won. Everybody hates him, I guess. He's evil. I didn't know that. He's very... He's evil. So he, he won, and then a bunch of people just kind of fucking booed him. And uh, nobody gave a shit. I don't know. Something about NASCAR is like, I think NASCAR is like the Grateful Dead. Like, you get it or you don't get it. And those who get it fucking love it. And I don't think there's anything they could say that could really convince me to love it. Because I've learned, I've watched like NASCAR documentaries about specific NASCAR drivers and just the league itself. And it's, I've learned all the interesting things and I've been interested by them. But it doesn't stick with me. I'm like, okay, so that's how you race and that's cool. Yeah, I like that. But then Endeavor translates to watching it and being like, that's what he's like, I don't care. You know, like, I'll see a guy driving really close behind another guy, and I'm like, maybe he'll do the shake-and-bake shit. I don't know, you know? But I don't care. And I know I don't care, because it's like, I even had a scanner, which if you don't know, is you get, it's like what the pit crew has. It's like earmuffs with their, their radio headphones, and you get a little scanner, and you can listen to the different pit crews talk to their driver. So you can pick a car, and you'd be like, I want to listen to Joey Logano. And then you hear him be like, Shh, I'm going to fucking kill myself. I'm driving. I'm going to fucking kill myself. I want to die. And then the other guy's like, Shh, please don't kill yourself. Please don't kill yourself, Joey. You are so amazing. You are so beautiful. You are such a light in so many people's lives. Please do not kill yourself. And he's like, Shh, fuck that. I'm turning the car over. I'm going to flip it. I'm going to kill Kyle Busch. Like, please don't kill Kyle Busch, Joey. Joey, just don't kill Kyle Busch. And even that did not make it interesting. I was not interested even being able to hear the people in the car. I was listening to a guy in a car going 190, and I was still like, ah, ah, you know, who cares? I don't give a fuck. 
I also didn't understand what they were saying, because obviously they weren't saying that. They were just saying, like, come fast on the third. I'm like, what does that mean, you know? It's like, I guess the guy behind him, is his speed is increasing on the third turn. I don't know, you know? I have no idea what they were saying. And it was so funny, because you, I paid, like, 40 bucks. Me and my friend split it. We got these double headsets so we could listen to the guys. And then you listen to it, and then you're like, well, wait, this was dumb. I don't know what they're talking about. I don't speak NASCAR language. I have no fucking idea what they are saying. Why did I pay for this? And it's the same as, like, football, honestly. Like, the idea itself is a little bit silly. And, you know, it's like if you were just listening to fucking Bill Belichick, it'd be like, all right, going to run Tennessee, Tennessee Fort, audible for snap. You know what I mean? You'd be like, this isn't it. I don't care. I just want to see it happen, you know? And then I couldn't get him to work. It was a whole thing. It was a bit of a whole thing. And I don't know. I think what I was mad about was I, I was probably expecting too much, like my friend said. And it was just a day, you know, because I only really drink on the weekend. So I was like, I want to go hard today, you know. And I, I didn't even really drink that much. But I was like, I'm going to drink today. This will be a fun day. I'll be getting drunk and I'll be in an event where you can get drunk. So I should only have a good time. And then I would feel myself not having a good time. And I think that's what it was. It's like the second time I went to the bathroom, I was like, man, I got to piss a lot. That just ruins shit. And I'm drunk and that's fine, but I'm not really having fun. And then that, then you just get so mad because you're like, well, I did all the things. I got tickets to an event that's crazy and I got fucking drunk. Shouldn't this be fun? Like, why is this not fun? That doesn't make sense. This is supposed to be fun. And it wasn't, so I was just pissed. And then, you know paid fucking $40 for a burger that I ate half of and fries that, you know, I didn't love. Um, yeah, and I kind of just acted like a baby. I don't know. Probably go to, probably, uh, probably should go back on meds or some shit. I don't know. Because I have just been getting angry and then going, why am I so angry? Which honestly feels like a dumb phrase after I have you know, like I said, gone off uh, meds for a little while now. But, I, you know, I don't know. I think I'm at a point with mental health where the meds help. They don't fix, but, you know, I got light issues in comparison to a lot of people. But also, I guess in comparison to a lot of people, I am fucking crazy because it is crazy for some people to you know, walk around and just be so fucking angry randomly and for no reason. To most people, that is not the norm. To most people, that is surprising, and they don't love it. Rightly so. So I gotta stop being so mad. It sucks to be a mad guy because of how much you suck. You know what I mean? You just suck so much when you're the guy who's pissed. Like, just for a little bit at that NASCAR race, nobody let me bring him down, but I did, I sucked. I sucked the most out of the group, and I might have sucked the most out of the group the entire day, even when I was happy. Who knows? Even on a good day, I might still suck. But, yeah, I was fucking, I was pissed. I was just so mad. For no reason, you know? Just for no reason. That's why I don't like, is like, being angry is you just have a guy in you that just tells you to get mad at shit. And you don't... You do have a say in it. 
but the anger issue is that you kind of feel like you don't. So you're just like, what? Yeah, fuck that, you know? And then you're just pissed. It's like, what the fuck are we doing here? You know what I mean? What are we getting out of this life if we're just walking around a NASCAR event pissed, thinking about what, how we're fucking smart? You know? There's no fucking point to that. I don't know. I don't know. Um, listen, uh, I felt like I run out of stuff to talk about. I talked about F1. I talked about NASCAR. Um, I talked about anger. And I could, you listen, I could talk about anger for hours. But I am I'm trying to quell it. I'm going to try and quell it tonight because last week I did uh I did a spot at the comedy store and I just got so angry and lashed out. I do a lot of lashing out. I wish I could be quietly angry. I wish I was a guy that was just just so pissed but it was just like ah, you know like that's doable. That's fine with me. The problem is I get mad and then I express myself. And sometimes if I get mad on stage, I'm like, well, what if I try and express this anger on stage and make it funny? Isn't that how you find true art? And maybe it is, but I'll tell you what, there's a lot of misses involved in that technique. You know, there's a lot of doing that, you miss a lot. You miss most of the time until it works out. But for a lot of people, it doesn't. That's why there aren't a lot of comics who really have, you know, some sort of hard-nosed I'm pissed off persona because for the most part, people don't want to see it. People don't like when somebody's just fucking pissed. And that is what I can offer. But the problem is it's 23 year old anger. So it's not even like interesting. It's just unjustified, cocky and dumb. And people mostly do not like being around it. But I don't know. I'm trying to quell it. Because I've just been getting angry in a dumb way where I just start feeling like people don't like me. You know, I just start doing like very childish things like, well, they don't fucking care. Nobody gives a fuck. They don't, they fucking hate this set. They hate me. They all think I'm pathetic. It's like saying that to a whole room of people and then they're just like, dude, we really are not even going to think about you after you're off stage. By the way, you're running the light. This was supposed to be a three minute set. Just get off stage. Just get off of the stage. And stop being mad. Nobody cares. And that just happens more and more as you get older, I think. You know, more and more as you get older, more and more people go, I don't care. I do not care. I'm not going to take time out of my day to continue listening to you get fucking angry. I don't give a shit. So I don't know. I'm trying not to be angry. Um, and it was funny because I was at a show... After going up at the comedy store, that was for just the open mic at the comedy store. It wasn't a big deal. But um, I was at another show after that, and I was like, I'm going to be trying, you know, I'm going to try and be nice on stage, have a good time. And the comic before me was another guy from L.A. We were in Huntington Beach, and he spent his whole 20 minutes just being like, this show sucks. Why am I even here? Where even am I? What kind of place is Huntington Beach? Like, he was acting like he was in Uganda. He was like, where am I? This this is weird. What's the deal here? And then they were like, I don't know, it's a beach town. It's a lot of older people. 
Uh, yeah, the politics are kind of what you expect. I don't know. Is it that crazy? So I went up after, and he left like right after because he was a cunt. And I went up after and spent like 10 minutes just being like, what the fuck was that guy's problem? What a fucking prick. Fuck him. And uh, the crowd loved it. And that was a weird thing where it was almost like, like I've been trying to quell my anger. But then it's almost like there was a coach of a team being like, do your thing. You, you can do it right now. You can go. You can do it against him because he was very mean to the room and you need to go tell those people that they are not stupid white trash and you need to have a good time and bring this room back together because he's trying to convince everybody that it's terrible. So he left and I had a good five minutes, you know, five or ten, just shitting on his ass. And uh, they loved it. I didn't even have to be funny, you know, just being like, what the fuck was that about? He's doing crowd work with you guys and he didn't believe you, you know? And that felt okay because it, well, I wasn't mad. I had nothing to really be mad about. I was kind of disappointed that he acted so angrily. But I don't know. I can't get mad at him. I'm sure that could be me. You know what I mean? I have tons of anger issues. I'm very unappealing. So it did. That was good. That kind of came out and my anger got to shine a little bit. But now I'm trying to remember that when I go on stage, I am not that good at comedy and I can't just do wild shit and kind of think it will be all right because I just believe I'm funny enough to do it. That's not really how it works. It's not a good thing, you know? So, I don't know. Um, this podcast is a good place, you know? Because I just come here and I talk and nobody listens and that's what's good, you know? Right now, it's almost like I'm purely alone. This is just pure practice, you know what I mean, of just sitting at a desk. I was looking at how long people view my podcast, and it's like less than 10 minutes, which is funny because sometimes I'm like, it really got good by the middle, and I'm like, Coop, people tuned out like 20 minutes ago, you know what I mean? Like, this, nobody, this is right now the last 10 minutes of the podcast. I always try and do like a full hour, but, I mean, this is, like, purely just unlistened to material. You know what I mean? This is just, if anybody's listening to this, this wasn't even that good of an episode. And this podcast is not that good to begin with. So this is, like, a fucking D-minus for a good podcast, you know? And it's it's very hard to compete on the internet because it's just a couple clicks away to somebody who actually does this professionally and rightly so is paid to do it, you know? At least with, like, if you go out to see comedy, it's like, yeah, you might see some amateur comics just because you're not going to see the greatest comic every time you go out to see comedy. But with podcasts, you can listen to the best at podcasting all the time. So coming out with the podcast now is just so funny because it's being like, listen, I know there are people that are so much fucking better at it. But what if you listen to me? And they're like, what do you do differently? And I'm like, not much. To be honest, not much. And they're like, well, what's the theme? And I'm like, me. And they're like, what do you mean? I'm like, it's me for an hour. You're like, how old are you? I'm like, 23. You're like, okay, are you informed? No, I'm not informed. But do you still sometimes talk about politics? Yes, I do. Sometimes I will touch on things. So they're like, so you talk about things you're uninformed by? And I'm like, yes, correct. And they're like, see, there's nothing about that that I like. There is no, you can be uninformed if you're, you know, fucking like a famous podcaster already. And then everybody who watches you is like, I'll just agree with that. And that's fine. But if you're 23 and nobody knows who you are and you're uninformed, everybody's like, what am I watching this for? 
this is like all the hubris of somebody who's good at this with none of the career to back it up. So this is just full, uninteresting disinformation is kind of the whole podcast. Just disinformation, not true things said in a very uncharismatic way and recorded on, you know, average to below average equipment, you know. So it is funny when I'm like, man, I really wish people would watch more. And then I kind of look at what I do and I go, and I go, you know, 12 is enough. 12 is probably enough viewers for this. Maybe we don't need more. You know, maybe a thousand people viewing this would be bad. And a thousand would still be very small. But if a million people were viewing this, it would be a sign that culture's not doing great. Because they're like, we just kind of listen to anybody now. Hopefully this podcast will get better and you could understand watching it. But at the moment, I look at it as a bad product. And when people don't want to consume it, I say, bravo on knowing what's good. Because liking my stuff might be a bad... And if, God damn it, if you're here, don't leave. God damn it, if you're already here, if you fucking leave me. I know who all of you are. I know who all of you are. I found it. There's only 12 viewers. I ran background checks. I know where you fucking live, okay? I will fly there. I will come tomorrow and find you if you unsubscribe. Everybody that unsubscribes, I know where they are, okay? I find them very quickly. I hunt them down, and I nicely say, please subscribe again. Nobody likes me. I want to kill myself. And they say, bummer. And I say, shut up. Click the button. Well, if you did get this far and you're not subscribed, I don't know what kind of person you are or what you're interested in, but I'm ending the podcast. The podcast is now over. I love you so much. Thank you for listening. But listen, the podcast is over, okay? And even if I'm still talking, that doesn't mean the podcast is not... The podcast is done. There is no more podcasting that is happening right now. It is purely me telling you, so you got to stop listening. Stop it. Do not keep listening. There's no more podcasts. Uh-oh, just remember the topic. No, I'm done. Uh, thank you so much. I love you.